You're listening to a podcast from Victory. With God as my shepherd, I can experience refreshing in my spirit. Learn more about this message in week two of our series, Perspective. Good morning. Good to see all of you again. We are on the second week of our series called Perspective, where we're going through the Psalm, Psalm 23. And I love that the title is Perspective because really how we respond to things uh, is dependent on our perspective. Ano bang nakikita natin? Our perspective of them. Allow me to read um, the whole psalm again, and then uh, we'll do verses 2 and 3 today, after Pastor Raymond did verse 1 last week. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dear Lord, help us to to see things from your perspective. Lord, when we see you, then we can see the rest of our reality, even ourselves, in the right way. So we pray, Lord, for the right perspective on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, Pastor Raymond ministered to us about this verse, and he started with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I've been thinking about that, that just that line. For, for the past, you know, more than a week now, just thinking, Lord, what does it mean that you are my shepherd? Do I really believe that? Do I really trust that? And, and like what Pastor Ray said, we can say, I shall not want, wait, wait a minute, I want a lot of things. I want this pandemic to be over. I don't want to be quarantined. I want to be able to go wherever I need to. I want the country to be better. I want the poor to be fed and to have homes. I want a lot of things. How can the the psalmists say, I shall not want. And really, the I shall not want is understood because of the Lord is my shepherd. What it means is, God, I want what you want for me. And because you are my shepherd, what I'm saying is, I believe that God has the best for me and I will lack nothing that he has for me. And if I don't have it now, it's just a matter of time because my eyes are on my shepherd. Today we're going to look at the, the next two verses. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's start with that first phrase, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Pastor Raymond mentioned last week about how sheep will only lie down when they feel completely secure, when they feel like um, there's no problems around them. And see, when we think of that statement, lie down in green pastures, um, when I read this, I often think, oh, okay, yeah, big meadow, green, lots of grass, the sheep are, are happy. Until we realize kung saan siya sinulat, where this was written. And this was written in, in uh, Israel, in the Middle East. And in this part of the world, most of the environment is dry and rocky. 
And so what that means is green pastures, if you ever saw a green pasture, it was a rare find to begin with. And it was probably there, as, as, you know, as the shepherds of that place will tell you, because of the shepherd. It's not like there were green pastures everywhere. But the shepherd, by his hard work, by his discovery and industry, would secure a green pasture for his flock. It's the work of the shepherd that does this. Same thing with leads me besides still waters. That, that, that part of the world is not known for its waters. And it's the work of the shepherd to do that. I remember uh, getting a good picture of this a few years ago. I was uh, invited with a few of our, our pastors and campus missionaries, maybe four of us. I attended this uh, conference about campus ministry in Malaysia. And while I was there, it was so inspiring meeting Honestly, what really inspired me was meeting people from the persecuted churches, the persecuted nations, believers from different parts of, of the Middle East, from Eastern Europe, um, uh, from China, who were worshipping God, reaching the next generation, and yet under so much oppression. One of the ones who, who became a good friend uh, was a pastor in Egypt. And so they have this amazing church in Egypt. So they, they, they invited us to go there and, and to... To, to hang out and, and to minister at their camp. I get to the camp and it was full of believers from, from all over the Middle East. You had people from Algeria, from Morocco, uh, um, Lebanon, uh, Iraq, Iran, and they would joke with one another about, oh, your accent, and, and, and we would sing worship songs. And these were songs that you and I would recognize today, but they were singing it in, in Arabic. It was amazing, an amazing time. And, uh, during the breaks, we would walk around this camp area, and this camp area would not just be a campsite, it would double up as, a, as an orchard, and they had olive trees, and they had uh, flocks of sheep. And so one time when I was walking, I was with Pastor CJ, our senior pastor in, in New Belt now, and Brian and Edre, and while we were walking, we ran into uh, a flock of sheep and the shepherd. And the shepherd, uh, you know, he was just uh, a little bit taller than me, and then uh, he was Mapotisha originally, but because of all the time in the sun, his skin was reddish. Um, it reminded me of a description, honestly, of David in the Bible, the author of this psalm, who was a shepherd boy. And the Bible describes that his skin was reddish because he was under the sun a lot. And this guy just worked so hard the whole time. He stopped for a bit uh, and he wasn't driving them. The, sh the sheep just huddled around him. And they huddled around him because they knew he was the one who provided their water and their food. That if they stuck with him, they would be able to find it. See, this psalm, the first point I want to make is that this psalm is about if God is our shepherd, then we get God's provision as well. We get God's provision. The green pastures, the still waters are God's provision for us. See, who are we looking to now for our provision at this time? This is a difficult time around the world. This is a difficult time in our nation. And see, if, if we don't have the assurance of God's provision, we will always be in lack. But if we have the assurance of God's provision, even though we're missing something right now, we can wait and say, as long as I stay close to my shepherd, I'll be fine. I'm going to make it. And more than that, because I have God's provision, I can give and I can share with others because God provides for me. 
See, our world today divides the world up into haves and have-nots based on finances. We say, oh, okay, these people are the people who have a lot and these people who, who don't have a lot. And, and, and there's always tension between the two. But that's not how it is in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the haves, yung mga meron, are the people who know God. The people who know God, who know Jesus, who know God is their shepherd and know God will provide. And that's why they can share with other people. That's why when we see in the early church in the book of Acts, there's these examples of radical generosity, of caring for the poor, of reaching out to others and sharing their possessions. But it wasn't just one social class who did it. Because it wasn't divided by social class. It was everyone who called on the name of God, who trusted God, who knew that God would provide for them. Those were the ones who were able to give. Where are you today? If we look at our bank account, if we look at our, uh, our, our, our refrigerator, we look at our home, and we say, that you'll always feel like I have not. You'll have nothing to give. But if we look at God as our shepherd and we say, you make me lie down in green pastures, you lead me beside still waters, as long as I'm close to you, I'll be fine. I can give. I was moved by this early in the ECQ. Um, I contacted a, uh, anyway, just for, for the sake of privacy, I contacted a person who, who I know, uh, is, is, is one of the urban poor in the city. He's a good friend. Um, and I know he doesn't have a lot. And so I contacted this friend of mine and I said, Hey, how are you? I, I know you're, 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 uh, you know, you're a daily worker, you can't, I don't know how you're surviving now, how are you doing? Can I give you something? And I had sent him something just previously, so I wanted to check if it was enough. And then his response moved me. He said, Sir, I'm so happy to tell you, because of God's blessings on me, I can be a blessing to my neighbors. Ah, that just blew me away. That just blew me away because here I am, I'm thinking, how, how can I help him? How is he, his family? Is, he's got kids with special needs. How is this person going to survive? And his response, because he knows God is his shepherd, is God is helping me. And I can give. See, I give to him, but he gives to other people also. Because God is his provider. That's the picture of the early church. Let me read to you some examples of the pictures of the early church. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. It was spiritual growth that they were listening to the apostles' teaching, they were fellowshipping together, but also social aid. They were helping one another. I've been so inspired and moved by our church members who are responding this way. And I know that there's many of you that we don't even see yet. But you're doing it. Continue doing that. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. L another part in Acts 4, 32 to 35. 
Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. In other words, they said, you know what? God's providing for me. This is mine, but if it can help someone else, let, let, let me give it up. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Here's the part that blows my mind. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was not a needy person among them. What does that mean? Now, some people have used this verse to justify, uh, oh, okay, so the early church was communist. I know that's not what it means. Uh, uh, sorry for the short digression, but basically the reason why that's not what it means is because the early church had ownership of property, but it was a voluntary, a willful response of people who knew God as their provider who said, you know what, I will voluntarily give this up for other people. It wasn't some kind of imposed, top-down hierarchical con uh, confiscation of property. In fact, in the next chapter, chapter 5, Peter says that to someone who lies. He says, look, this was your property to begin with. And when you sold it, the money was yours. You could do whatever you want with it. You, you don't have to pretend you're doing something else. My point is, this is the response of people who know God as their provider. We can share. Some of us here should check up on each other. Maybe even now, you're at your computer, you're at your device, just sit still and pray. Lord, who are you putting in my heart? How do I help this person? Write that name down. After this message, or, or if you're watching on, uh, on recording, just pause this. Contact that person. Hey, anything I can help you with? Some of you, I'll be honest, ask for help. And trust the church for their response. If they can help you, great. If, don't judge. Don't say, That's not for you to decide. Our, our source is God. But there's nothing wrong with asking. There's nothing wrong with asking. I had a friend reach out to me uh, who just found out that uh, his wife has cancer. And I know this person. He's a follower of Jesus. And he's I also know that he doesn't make that much. And he said, look, I need you to pray for me. And if you can give anything, I would appreciate it. And I said to him, I'm so glad you told me. I'm so glad you told me. Because this is what it means to be your brother in Christ, to do that. Lord, who are you putting in my heart to help? First point is God's provision. Thirdly, He restores my soul. Now, second point, He restores my soul. That's nice. He restores my soul. You know, in researching about this psalm, we, uh, one of the things that comes up is that sheep are notoriously herding animals. You know, they, they group together. And that's for protection, but that can also be for their damage. Because when one sheep gets worried or anxious, the others will respond. Sometimes without even seeing what the original thing was. So now we were reading this, this book about a shepherd who was meditating on Psalm 23. And so this shepherd was reading Psalm 23. And he was giving his commentary saying, oh wow, that's so true. And one of the things he pointed out, this is a modern day shepherd. He said, I have a flock of sheep. And one day my friend came over and she had a chihuahua. 
a tiny dog. And the Chihuahua jumped down from the car and these 200 plus sheep, you know, who are much bigger than the Chihuahua, this Chihuahua jumps down and one sheep jumped up startled and in less than a minute, all the sheep were back up to their feet and, and, and were, were, were panicking again. And the shepherd was like, oh gosh, I just took so long to get them to settle down. And, and you know, this it's just a tiny dog that can't even harm them. That's the reality of sheep. Sheep get anxious and they're affected by one another's anxiety like us today it's a very anxious time and people are affected by one another's anxiety but you know who's not affected by the sheep's anxiety the shepherd i think back to that shepherd in in in, in egypt when we were there and and the, the guy we ran into we were talking to him his name was abraham abraham authentic so we were talking to this guy abraham and uh while we were talking, this big ram, massive, uh, up to my ribs, and then huge, very heavy, you know, uh, I, I tried to pick, I couldn't pick him up. And this ram, I guess he got uh, irritated because Abraham had stopped and was talking to us, and he started butting Abraham, you know, just like with his huge, hard, heavy and hard horns, just butting him in the leg and so we were like uh, do you have to go do you have to go and abraham just smiled and he grabbed the ram's horns and he was just like guiding him and steering him and i just watched i said and he just redirected that sheep and i, I just think of that ram that stubborn impatient irritable anxious ram and i can still see abraham's smiling face Firmly but gently guiding that ram. See, we get anxious and other people's anxiety gets us anxious even more. And our anxiety gets passed on to other people. And you know what's going to break that cycle? Casting it to God. Because our shepherd can take it. Because he restores our soul. You know what? Instead of taking it out on social media, instead of taking it out on your loved ones or, or your enemies, whoever you want to take it out on, but na lang natin kay Lord. Lord, this is how I feel. This is what's going on in my life. We can complain to Him. Have we done that? Honestly, have we done that? See, very often as believers, as followers of Jesus, we'll jump straight to knowledge. What does the Bible say? What's the right verse? Or, or, or behavior? What should I do? What should you do? What should everybody do? Have we been honest enough to admit to God the condition of our soul and to say, Lord, this is where I am. This is where I am. That's what small groups are for. I love my small groups nowadays. Honestly, I, I look forward to them even more now because it's like, oh gosh, I need someone to talk to. I need someone I know I can be honest with. I need Christian brothers who I know will let me be not the pastor. Just be like, okay, don't and just be honest because God can take it if verse 2 is about God's provision the second one is about God's peace let God's peace impact you today how, how are you experiencing God's peace today you know there was this um, book I read before and it's a common way of looking at it that, that's been shared a lot it's called devotional pathways 
And devotional pathways people describe it as almost like a personality test. But instead of a personality test, it's how you experience God's peace. You know, and obviously there's a good balance of this, but different people are made in different ways, and we experience God's peace in different ways. So let me give you some of those examples, and maybe you can look at yourself and say, Oh, ito pa kailangan ko. I should be looking for this even with this this uh, ECQ. And maybe you might even want to guess in the comment section, like. Which one is mine? One, the first devotional pathway is relational. You need a group. You need people around you. Some of you are like that. And you're, you're so stressed. You're so anxious. And you experience God's peace for there's people around you who can remind you of God. How do you put that in your schedule? How do you put that in your week and say, hey, I just need to talk to you. I just need someone to remind me of God's promises again, of God's hope in my life. Relational, some people are intellectual uh, devotional pathways. When their mind is engaged, when their mind is active, wow, Lord. And it's not some kind of just curiosity or interest, but it's honestly a mental exercise that leads to worship, that brings the peace of God in our hearts. Some people are in the serving devotional pathway through quiet, consistent labor. Some of you need to get up early in the morning and wash the dishes and make that your time with God. And then the peace of God will settle on you. And the rest of the day, you'll have that foundation to build from. Some people are contemplative. And so they need solitude. They need silence. We need to turn off our phones. We need to stop streaming stuff. And just be with God. Some people are activists. You know? They need the challenge. They need the risk. They need something to get passionate about. And they want to activate other people towards doing that. That's good. See, because as we've experienced the peace of God, when we do that kind of activism, it's by the Spirit of God, not by the flesh. It's done from love. That doesn't produce more hate and division. Relational, intellectual, serving, contemplative, activist, creation, nature. Now, I know that's hard right now. I don't know what the answer is. Um, Google images. I don't know. My wife's like this. She loves creation. She like weep when we climb mountains sometimes. <laughs> but that's her way of experiencing God's peace. And the last is worship. Singing, music. It's a powerful way to do that. This is why for many of you, uh, our times of worship together, you can't put your finger on it and you say, why, what is it about this? I, I've heard this song before, but why did I need that? It's because that's how God's ministering His peace to you. If you have a guess which one is mine, um, Honestly, worship is the one for me. And that's why our, our worship songs, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Lilim, they help me experience God's peace. See, we can throw our emotions to God and He handles it. Look at David, the psalmist. Diba lahat ng psalmist, napaka-emo nga eh. Puro reklamo. Na-offend ba si Lord sa kanya? Sabi ba ni Lord, napaka-emo mo naman? Hindi. In fact, ang tawag pa nga sa kanya, the man after God's own heart. God can take your emotions. Give it to Him na lang. Rather than uh, be, uh, rather than get the anxiety of other people and then passing it on to someone else pa. God's provision, God's peace, finally God's purpose. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Sheep are creatures of habit. And they will do things by habit. 
once they know that there is food here, they will follow that path to food over and over again. They will follow that path to water over and over again. The problem is sometimes that becomes a bad habit. And so the shepherd describes in the book we were reading, describes how sometimes sheep will know that there's grass in this particular area. So they will follow that area over and over again, even though the grass is getting thinner and thinner. And they will, in their frustration, they will dig up the roots and then eventually over time if they are left alone that that plot of that meadow that green pasture will be turned barren because of the hunger of the sheep and the inability of the sheep to lead themselves in in the right way and so the shepherd has to have de definite paths of dito tayo ngayon ngayon ganyan naman dito na naman ulit kasi they need to balance out those places the water sources the same way sheep know where the water is but because they keep going there they'll muddy it they'll foul it they'll dirty it they'll drain it next time they go wala na left to themselves they will die and that's why the shepherd needs to lead the sheep and this word paths of righteousness isn't talking about the righteousness of um, yay I'm saved and I'm going to heaven but it talks about righteous living and we see that clue because of the word path of righteousness, not, not a robe or a status of righteousness, but a, a path, a lifestyle of righteousness. And secondly, for His name's sake. What that means is, to God's glory. When we live rightly, it produces God's glory. The problem is, if we aren't led by our shepherd, and we do the right thing on our own strength, like sheep, we could actually make it worse. I have done that. I'm just trying to help you, I tell my wife. But you won't listen to me. I'm making the problem worse. Philip, obey me. I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm making it worse many times. See, what we need is to hear the shepherd and know God's purpose. Lord, what is your purpose now, right now? Lord, I know I wish the government would do this. I wish my small group leader would do that. My pastor would do this. But Lord, what is your purpose for me right now? Lead me in the right path. Lead me in the right way. See, we need to hear God's voice here. John 10, 27-28 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. See, when we are secure, we know our shepherd has us. God's got us. I'll listen to his voice. Our perspective for this week, for Psalm 23, God's provision. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. God's peace, He restores my soul. And God's purpose, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Why don't we pray uh, as we ask God to, to move in us. Before I close, this is not a, a verse that we just, a, a message we just hear and not apply. It needs to be applied. For all of us, we need to receive God's provision and ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to do with this and how can I bless other people with it as well? All of us need God's peace. Maybe those devotional pathways I shared with you earlier, you should look it up. You can even look online if you really want to take a test, but you know, kind of eyeball yet. And based on your devotional pathway, put in your schedule. How am I going to do this? 
Make a playlist if it's worship. Find your group if it's relational. And thirdly, be about God's purpose. For this season, Lord God, what, what, what is your purpose for me while we're stuck here at home? And we will hear the voice of our shepherd. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you. We need our shepherd. Lord, even now in this time of great lack, of great uncertainty, of great anxiety, it just reminds us that we are not self-sufficient at all. No amount of projections, preparations, or whatever else could have fixed this for us, God. You are the one who can do that. So we need you right now. Lord, I pray for those of us who are in lack, that you will provide, that you will even stir among your church, your believers, God, to, 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 to ask in faith and even to, to be people who can give to others as well. I pray, Lord, that you will put people in our hearts and our minds today to remind us that, okay, these are people I can help. Maybe it's not material or financial, God, but it's something. Like, there's something I can do for these people. Because God provides for me, I can be a blessing. Lord, we also pray for your peace. Just be still now. Maybe you might even want to articulate to God what you're feeling. <laughs> Maybe for some of us, this is the first time we're doing that. Dear God, I'm stressed. Dear God, I'm angry. Dear God, I feel helpless. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. And Lord God, I pray that we will go about your purpose as well. Whatever your purpose is. Lord, for those of us who are called to go out and venture out and buy groceries, Lord, and, 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 and risk that and wait in line and, and all of those things, Lord, let us do it according to your purpose, God. And as we do that, Lord, there'll be fresh energy and passion. There'll be insight. We'll be able to do the right thing, but in the right way, in the right spirit. And it will produce good. And it will bring glory to your name, God. Thank you that you are our shepherd and you lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this ministered to you. Uh, we want to encourage you to continue to discuss this in your discipleship groups. If you don't have a discipleship group, now is a great time to start one. Because there's no traffic. Okay, so we can meet. I've been enjoying my small group meetings. Um, let us know uh, or comment in that comment section below. Uh, hey, I, I need to, to find a small group and we'll help you find one right now. Let's continue to remind ourselves of this perspective that God is our shepherd. And that's why we will have His provision, His peace, and we can go about His purpose. God bless you. See you throughout the week and next week for our next online service. Thank you for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message. For more podcasts and updates, visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app. You may also give through our website and share your prayer requests and answered prayers with us there.